3: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live in the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free roadhouse protection. Over 10000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from, uh, I believe it'll eventually be sunny Southern California. We got a good show for you, including Mark Stein's going to join us in 25 minutes. We'll find out what's really going on in Portland and the rest of the movement in the NBA. In the second hour of the show, Mark Dominic will join us. Of course, he was the, uh, in the front offices in the NFL for 25 years. He's the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get his thoughts on a couple of these running backs that are out there, on OTAs and injuries and a lot of other interesting factoids this time of year when it's kind of the dead time in the NFL, but there's lots of, uh, of things going on. Let's go back to two days ago. Jonathan Gavoni, uh, he used to run his own website. I believe it's called Draft Express. He came on to ESPN, I'm going to say six or seven years ago, with Adrian Wojnowski as their kind of draft guru. Um, And look, it's a it's yeoman's work. Yes, you get international travel and yes, you get to go and see uh, players who you'd never see before. And there there are there are kind of conflicting alliances as much as you want to just give pure opinion. um, Sometimes you can't because if you're too honest, you won't get the access you want to certain players. It's just hard to be an outsider doing insiders business. So uh, so some of this is me trying not to be uh, too critical of Gavoni because I do understand that he has a very difficult job. Very difficult job. But he, he was the one who listed uh, Bronny James as a top prospect. And he was the one who on his first draft board for 2024 put Bronny James going to the Atlanta Hawks at 17. And LeBron James' Instagram post on Bronny's mock selection shared this, ca- shared this caption. Well, ATL, shoddy the James game will be pulling up. And there's some laughing emojis. Now, this is an easy one for LeBron to back away from because he can go, I was just kidding. I don't take any of that seriously. But if we go back over LeBron's tweets about his son. And we do factor in that I'm guessing Giovanni as many are, like, what are you going to say? Like his son stinks. His son doesn't stink. His son's a good player. I think he's going to be a really good college player. No one on earth in reality, in an NBA front office believes that Bronny James on merit, on merit, as of now coming off of a senior season, where he wasn't one of the top five players in his high school league, will be, should be a top 20 pick in the NBA draft. No one. You will not find somebody who, if you stripped away, all the political alliances would say that. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen because, and he's not the only draft pick where there's some political alliances that pull in your favor, some that pull against you. But the likelihood of a first round pick to a team that, LeBron doesn't play for, not great. Now remember, LeBron can opt out of next year's contract and eventually could go play with Bronny James. But this to me, when when I read it, when I see it, when I see the IG caption, there's one thing that comes to my mind. You want to know what it is? My high school coach was a man named Andy Ground. And Andy uh, was... Um, was a very good player at Hawaii Hilo. He played overseas. He came back. Uh, he worked in the uh, he worked in juvenile hall. Then he worked in secondary ed, you know, which is basically like the high school for, for juvenile hall. And then in addition to that, he was uh, became a high school PE teacher. And then by my sophomore year, he was our varsity coach. And then he went on to being a junior college coach at uh, Saddleback College where he won a couple state titles. He retired last year from teaching from coaching. And I think this year from teaching and he was like helping coach um, a a local high school. It's called Santa Margarita. And I talked to him once about where he was telling stories about my late father. And we were talking, I was talking about coaching kids and AAU, and he's like, listen, all you got to know is you can't talk to dads about their kids because they're blinded by love. Just as long as you remember that, They're blinded by love. And I actually think this is a very, there's lots of parts of LeBron's life that it's hard for us to draw any sort of parallel on, right? You know, I'm not 6'8", 260. So there's no part of, even his shoes, like, I've never been big on these recent shoes are better, but I've never been a proponent of LeBron shoes. Not because I don't like LeBron, but he's 6'8", 260. eight two sixty. They're designed for his body, for his game, for his foot, not for mine. Not for mine. You know, I can't relate to where he is, where he's from, in the country. But what I can relate to is not that he's a billionaire is not that he rolls with his high school friends and they've all gotten these great jobs and made it and now made movies. Like, I can't relate to any of that. What I can relate to is, oh, he's a crazy dad, just like all the rest of the crazy dads. You would think that somebody who's viewed as one of the all-time great basketball players would have the balance of, hey, it's cool, just like, let's not overrate my kid. Let's just let him experience things on his own. Don't even treat him like he's my son. Let him be his own man, et cetera, et cetera just can't help himself and i think that's relatable i do i I think it's it's like the whole girl dad thing we can all relate to being if you're if you're a girl dad you can relate to girl dads like it's just at some point it becomes awkward at some point they're going to change clothes and you get kicked out at some point there's things that they don't want to talk about around you because you're a dad and they're a girl got it that's relatable so too is this Of course, he's going to play it off as, man, I don't take those things seriously. I'm not seriously rolling up in Atlanta. But there ain't any doubt that there's at least a portion of his brain that's thinking, well, I wonder where he goes because maybe I'll go there. This will come across to somebody who only listens on our IG clips um, or a promo as Gottlieb's hating on LeBron or hating on Bronny. No, it's not. He's gonna. He has a chance to be a really good college player. There is nothing about how he played this year, in the last year of development, that would lead you to believe he is a lock to be an NBA player and definitely not a first-round draft pick after one year in college. Again, guys can really improve. He can play in a better system. I like the fact that he's basically a role player, catch and shoot and try and defend, but it's not like he's going to lock dudes up He's some super dynamic, you know, from the time the ball goes up to the time the buzzer sounds defender. And oftentimes when you talk about a prospect's defense, you're, it's like talking about a girl's personality. It's not really what matters. It does matter. You got to be able to guard somebody, but like they're just games when he doesn't do much. I'm not a brawny hater. I'm just a realist. He should be a good freshman addition to USC's team. And by his third year, probably an all-league guy. Maybe maybe first-team all-league by his fourth year. But whether LeBron is pretending like he's joking or not, continuing to push this narrative of he's a top-20 pick in next year's NBA draft, that's just a dad being a dad. And to steal from my high school coach, Andy Brown, he's just blinded by love. I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm I'm sure Ramos when he's coaching his son, right? He's what 11, and he gets up there in the hill like you, he'll 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 mow through an inning. You're like, well, what if he pitched for the Dodgers?
5: <laughs> I usually sit down, Doug, in the dugout and just like because I keep score during the game. It is hard yes, to watch your kid I pitch in it. I don't. I sit down the dugout and kind of like kind of like keep my head down and I, I try not to look at it because I don't want to I don't want to see it.
4: I mean, wait till byer when his kid gets out on the golf course, like he's going to, you know, and you know, we all have that when you're just starting a, a, on golf, you have that one shot of the day. We have that one shot. You're like, Hey, I can actually be a good golfer. His son's going to have one shot and he'd be like, okay, this is, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him with Hank Haney. We're going to work on his swing. We're going to have him train. Lisa's like, hold on. Everybody does it. It's impossible not to. You only want the best for your kid. Even when you should know better, you'd don't know better, you know, things that change you and make you act differently. It's like, you know, it's like when there's a cute girl and you're in high school and you can't help it. You can't you don't even understand why your voice changes and why your mannerisms change. Right. When 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 the red light of a TV camera is on you, when it's not on you often and that thing is on you, you're going to act differently because, you know, you're on TV. And when your kid is performing and somebody's asking you about your kid, you just lose all perspective. That's what happens.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place, but don't say progressive.com. So, uh, buyer, help me out. We'll go to Dan Byer in uh, about five minutes for an update. So, Bayer help me out. Now, as of now, we, oh, we, we know there are going to be suspensions in the NFL, but do we have the actual names and lengths of these suspensions for guys, uh, for, for gambling bans?
7: No, no, we don't. I felt this was a bit of an Adam Schefter strut or wanted to, to get out in front of it to say that he knows, because the only name that he mentioned was Isaiah Rogers, and I know, I think, the Indy Star was maybe the first on that months ago of him being involved in something. That was the only name in the report that Schefter had. I don't know if other people have names. I don't even know if he has names. I'm not sure, but that was the only name that was named, and we had known about that previously.
4: Okay. Um, look, I, I just... I think that's such a slippery slope that the NFL and NFLPA have decided to put themselves on allowing players to gamble. But you can't gamble inside facilities, and you can't gamble on your team and on your sport. But you can't gamble on everything else. Like, I just, why not just ban? Where you ban gambling? Hey, man, you can't gamble. You know, you you can't gambling. You know, and they sent out this uh, key rules, the gambling policy. Don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble your team facility while traveling or for a road game or staying in a team hotel. Don't have someone else bet for you. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL play season. Don't play fantasy football. These things seem pretty easy. But how about just no sports betting? Is that that hard? You know, in colleges, you're not allowed to to gamble on sports. Not allowed to. Uh, I just, I can't see how in the NFL, just because those guys make a lot more money, how it's not still the same problem. I saw this. This is Clay Thompson talking about Chris Paul, his new teammate. Quote, anytime you get to play with a player who is one of the best of your generation, it's an honor. It's a little weird because we've had so many battles in the past with Chris. Uh, But it's he's led so many teams that have nearly knocked us off or did knock us off going back to 2014. I think he's just going to add a calming presence and a leadership component that we need. I I really believe this. Uh, The Chris Paul, the, the bigger thing with Chris Paul is not, does he fit style of play? It's not, does he fit style of play? It's can he accept coming off the bench? That's the bigger thing. And as much as you should be able to have a reasonable conversation with a first ballot Hall of Famer like Chris Paul and go like, hey, man, look, you're coming off the bench because you're 39 years old, and, you know, we already have Steph and Clay, and we we got it, we start more size, and you'll be able to play against backups. That's the one part I haven't heard. If Chris Paul's like, dude, look, dude, if I play 10, 15, if I play 35, I'm good. That's what I want to know. Connor Bedard. Um, and my uh, my NHL mock draft is not yet up. have we put that up on the have we put that up on the website yet? I've been working really hard. me and McIntyre hard 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 at work. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Stein co-hosts the podcast of Chris Haynes. It's called this league Uncut. It's got the biggest stories NBA topics rumblings. you, you, you read the tweets of Stein and Haynes and you're like oh okay no 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 way more depth. Very, very interesting stuff. It's called This League Uncut, wherever you download podcasts. Mark Stein joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So let me get this straight. Um, Portland's under some sort of pressure before the draft. They draft Scoot Henderson, who, though, has a a ton of upside potential. He is, in fact, a dominant ball-handling guard. So they draft a guy who, he's not the same as Lillard, but kind of can sort of occupies the same space. Damian Lillard and his agent, want to meet with Portland and the takeaway from that meeting is hey all good we're trying to build a winner uh, is is am i am i supposed to be buying that
5: i think what the blazers were telling us is that they don't feel pressure they did what they wanted to do they drafted the guy they wanted to draft they i think they listened to what might be out there at number 3 but ultimately uh, you know, they made the pick that they wanted to make, and I think they are because that their their you know strong position might be overstating it because there is this uncertainty there. But you know they've got an interesting young core with Henderson now and Sharp and Simon, who they can either deep or try to trade. I mean, they're going to be able to move forward no matter where this goes from here. Look, I mean, I think the reality is, and I think the way that most people in the NBA look at this is that both the Blazers and Damian Lillard, the suspicion is that both of them want to move on now, but nobody wants to be the one to initiate it. That's really where this is. I think... They probably both would like to just, you know, pursue new courses, but nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to be the one who, you know, really gets the process going.
4: Right. This is how I described it yesterday, Mark, was it's like a couple that knows a divorce is inevitable, but nobody wants to be the guy or woman who files for divorce. Right. That just doesn't feel good. Just it just it just doesn't because it makes you it makes you seem like you're the quitter. Oh no, you 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 quit. Like eh. well, anyway. well you
5: know, it goes it goes against Dames brand, who's been, you know, he has been Mr. Portland. He is the you know, for the modern era, he is synonymous with that franchise. And the Blazers don't want to be the ones that say, Yes, we want to trade an absolute local icon. So you can understand to some degree why they both feel that way, but Someone's gonna eventually have to take that step. This cannot go on forever. And it looks by all accounts that Miami wants to wait. And they'll be patient because they think they can get in there. You know, there's skepticism around the league about how interested Portland would be in Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero who's gotta be at the center of a Miami trade package for him. But I think I think Miami has not really moved off that Position that, that Dame is Dame is the one they're waiting for.
4: You broke the story that the Lakers were essentially willing to move heaven and earth and overpay Austin Reeves in order to retain him. What does overpaying Austin Reeves actually look like financially?
5: Well, the most anyone can offer is a four-year deal that approaches a hundred million. But I, I got to be honest, the way he played in the second half of the season, I'm not sure that that's such an overpay. I mean, if he stays at the level we saw. In today's NBA, with where salaries are going, I think he can justify that number. But at this point, who is going to tie up cap space? He's a restricted free agent. So if you sign him to an offer sheet, your offer, you know, you're basically your cap space is tied up for three days. So is there someone out there that really wants to do that when they know the Lakers are going to match? And I do. You know, teams always do this for the restricted free agents. They always want to dissuade teams from even putting an offer sheet down because they don't even want to have to face the prospect of matching. But there's a big difference between Cam Johnson, who, you know, for for days and maybe even weeks now, there's been, since Monty Williams was hired by the Pistons, it didn't take long for. Word to circulate that the Pistons are going to put down a serious offer sheet try to convince the Nets not to match and let Cam Johnson go, and Cam Johnson would be reunited with Monty Williams in Detroit after they were together in Phoenix. Now, Brooklyn has all the same signals have come out of Brooklyn that the Nets are going to match anything that Cam Johnson gets, but for some reason there's been a lot more chatter that – Sam Johnson is somehow gettable, whereas, you know, Austin Reeves, the messaging has been consistent, and I, I believe it. I, I think the Lakers will match any offer that comes in for Reeves. I don't think there's any chance of getting him. And so if you're a team that makes an sheet to a restricted free agent, you really have to think about that. I mean, you really have to – you always have to overpay to get a restricted free agent anyway, sure. but it's not worth doing it unless you, you really think you have a chance of success.
4: Um. It's been reported that the Suns are holding on to DeAndre Ayton. That feels like a for now sort of thing. Uh, what's What's the legitimacy to their desire to hold on to DeAndre Ayton once the season begins?
5: Yeah, look, it was my podcast partner, Chris Haynes, who reported that Sunday that the word out of Phoenix is that they want to move forward with Ayton on their team. But that was Sunday. On Thursday, on draft night, there were... Talks, you know, serious talks between Dallas and Phoenix about an Aiton trade. Those talks ultimately didn't come to fruition. The Suns didn't like what was on the table at the end, and they didn't go through with it. But, you know, two days before, you know, two, three days before they were moving forward with Aiton, they were looking at Aiton trade. So I think you're right that they will continue to as quietly as they can, explore the options. But the reality is the offers for Ayton, his market right now, the Suns can't get a first-round pick back for him. And so this is the former number one pick in the whole draft, elected two spots ahead of Luka Doncic in 2018. Oops. So the Suns naturally want more than what the offers are at the moment, and they're just not able to get what they see is, you know, fair value for. So I think that is a big reason why you are now hearing the, the the talk about they want to move forward with him. One other thing I would say, though, Frank Vogel really wants to coach DeAndre Ayton. Frank Vogel has always had, you know, elite rim protecting big men at the heart of his defense. And if I'm the Suns, there is a part of me that that does say. Well, don't we want to see what Aiton looks like playing for Vogel before we move him? You know, you can make that argument.
4: I, I, you could definitely make that argument. Mark Stein joining us. He, he co-hosts This League Uncut with Chris Haynes, an outstanding NBA podcast that gives you all the insight and details you could ever want to know. We're just stealing blips and, and pieces of what, in long form, they go into much further, deeper discussions. Kyrie Irving, likelihood he's not in Dallas next year.
5: If he's in the NBA, the likelihood is that he'll be in Dallas. I mean, they, you know, I've been, I've, I've been saying this literally since April, and it has not changed. There are no other confirmed suitors at this point for Kyrie Irving. Now, could that still change? Free agency doesn't start for basically another 48 hours, maybe a little bit more. Um, but, you know, the Mavericks want to bring him back. At this point, they face no competition. So the overwhelming likelihood is that Kyrie will be, will be back in Dallas next season.
4: Uh, there's some speculation that Kings could go after Draymond Green. That just feels like a leverage play from Draymond Green, right? Like, there's no way you go play for the Sacramento Kings. No matter how fun, talented, how much they might may need you, like, that just doesn't feel like it happens, does it?
5: No. I think he would at least listen because such as his respect for Mike Brown. He and Mike Brown had a fantastic relationship in Golden State. And the Kings do have the ability to create a lot of cap space. But one of the first stories I, I wrote this week was that, you know, all and this was Monday, all signs point to Draymond Green staying with the Warriors, even with Sacramento's ability to create this cap space. And I also reported in that piece that The Memphis Grizzlies, before trading for Marcus Smart in the three-team Porzingis to Boston trade, the Grizzlies were trying to explore a way to make a bid for Draymond Green. The Grizzlies don't have that kind of cap space, so I can't say that I'm exactly sure how mechanically they were going to do it, but there was some real Memphis is interested in Draymond Green chatter going around, but then the Grizzlies traded for Smart and – that went away. But, uh, look, Draymond Green would have – he does have suitors. There are teams that are interested in him. But from the minute Golden State traded Jordan Poole away, you know, that that basically signaled to the rest of the league that Draymond Green is going to be back. And, and Draymond himself, you know, he was kind enough to come on the podcast with Chris Haynes and I and, you know, speak at length about how much he would like to retire as a Warrior, and he said it emphatically, after the season, after Golden State's playoff elimination, he wants to ride out with the guys he rode in with. I I cannot imagine a scenario where he's not playing next to Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. I just can't picture it.
4: Um, Is Chris Paul going to come off the bench?
5: That is a fantastic question, and I don't think we know that answer yet. He's never come off the bench in a single game in the league. Which is, I think I counted it yesterday, 1,363 regular season playoff games. He's never come off the bench once. So, uh, you know, it would make a lot of sense there that he would. Um, I mean, something tells me that there would be some scenarios where he's a spot starter here and there, but I mean, there's been no firm deck, you know, firm declarations yet from Steve Curry obviously doesn't have to make that decision in late June but you know from, from what I understand Chris Paul has been talking to some of his new teammates he's had dialogue already with Stephen Curry you know he's settling into the reality that he is a warrior as bizarre as that is for all of us on the outside the picture so I I'm sure he doesn't want to come off the bench but I I you know, I think he'll end up embracing whatever role they outline for him.
4: How likely is Paul George to remain an L.A. Clipper?
5: At this point, it looks more likely than not. But you know, as I reported before the draft, they, the Clippers, you know, began gauging his trade value in discussions with various teams. There was talk that they would have loved to have been able to engage Portland in a trade where the Clippers get number three and Paul George is the star that Portland trades for, who's more on Damian Lillard's timeline, but the Blazers weren't interested in that. I mean, the difficulty in trying to trade Paul George, he can opt out after this coming season, so you might only have him for one year. So when you you talk about his contract on top of his injury history, he's not an easy guy to trade as accomplished as he is as an eight-time all-star and a great two-way player. So, I think the Clippers have undoubtedly looked at it. I think they will continue to test the options and, and you know, see if something makes sense because they've got some really difficult decisions this summer with Kawhi and Paul George eligible for four-year extensions, both worth in excess of $200 million. And are you really going to invest that kind of money in those two players in their 30s when in their first four years together, they miss so much time.
4: That's the question. It's not that you don't think they're great; it's that they just they can't stay healthy in their prime. What do we pay them after their prime, knowing they're not going to be healthy? Yeah, uh,
5: theoretically, it, theoretically, they are exactly what you would want in the modern NBA. Right, two-way wings who can be great at both ends of the court. I mean, they are. They are, you know. You, you have Tatum and Brown in Boston, but you know Kawhi and Paul George are theoretically even better, even yeah. more advanced, even more proven, but we just we never see them together.
4: Correct. Correct. It's a hard one. Uh, Mark Stein and Chris Haynes. It's called This League Uncut. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you joining us.
5: All right. Talk soon. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: It's the Adley's show, Fox Sports Radio. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes money easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your... Uh, motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more all in one place. But on saferprogressive.com. Let's get to Dan Beyer and a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time.
5: On the Doug Gottlieb game time Show. Time brought to you
4: by Irish Spring, the fresh scent of Irish Spring and those sensational Irish Spring suds. They're just the reset you need to own the day. Irish Spring, when the spring hits you, you are ready. Dan?
7: Doug, the game today is. What are the
4: chances?
7: All right. What are the chances, Doug, that Shohei Otani gets traded before the trade deadline?
4: Um, 5%. 5%. Because I, I think, again, you know, look, could I be wrong? Could there be some home run trade by the Dodgers or the Mets or somebody that has things they have a legit shot at re signing him? Maybe, but one of the Angels was like look we gotta start the playoffs, yep. you know. We gotta start the playoffs, and I you know they, they never never get there. Haven't been there once with Mike Trout, so I think they you know unless something goes really bad and they can't, they're gonna go for it. And I would expect them to be buyers, not sellers. And then you know you you take your best shot. I mean, I just is there a number that keeps Shohei Otani in Anaheim? That's I think that's my question. Is yeah, there a number?
7: Yeah, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know. I he think it's so
4: stinking good.
7: Yes, and the value, the, even the value of him on field is he's even more because of what he could be off the field as well. Maybe to a baseball rich team like the Mets, you know, or, or the Yankees or whoever.
4: Like. How about the fact that he loves playing in Anaheim too? His ERA is two point three five at home, as opposed to four point zero three on the road. And at home, as a as a hitter, um, he has he does have more home runs away from home, and he actually hits uh, hits it better outside of outside of Anaheim. But the pitching is far better in Anaheim.
7: Here is another part of the Otani equation that maybe is not talked about as much, Doug. What are the chances that Shohei Ohtani wins the MVP? Now that's talked about a lot. Uh, we'll start with that one. The first. What are the chances Shohei Ohtani wins the MVP? Ninety percent. Ninety
4: percent. Yeah, should have won last year. All right. I mean, now, the only if... thing that stopped him from doing it was Aaron Judge had a historic season. Now, if he was traded, let's say he was traded to the National
7: League, then what does that do with everything? You know, you got Ronald Acuna, who's having this great year in the NL. He would have spent the whole year in the NL. Otani's year in the AL has just been leaps and bounds amazing, maybe more than anyone else. Could he he win it in the American League, you know, if he was traded to a National League team? I I don't know the precedent for that. Yeah, I don't know either.
4: I don't see why not.
7: Yeah, and there'd be more than half of the games played. We're actually at the halfway point of the season this week.
4: Angels have played 81 games so far. And he has 28 home runs, so he's not on pace for 60, but he's not far behind. Uh, the closest American League competitor in home runs is uh, Luis uh, Robert Jr. He's got 22. That's six home runs behind. Um, and then Adolis Garcia, I think he has, he has 19 home runs, so he's nine home runs behind. I mean, he's dominating in... Just about every category. Uh, Obviously, in terms of war, uh, Robert Jr. has a higher war than he does, but he also doesn't pitch. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I'm not
7: not a big stats guy. War to me, it's like, you know, what is it good for? for? Yeah,
4: yeah. No thanks. (laughs) Uh, Uh. I always thought war made me think, why can't we be friends? (laughs) Why can't we be friends? And I like to roll up in my low rider. Oh,
7: what, what are the chances Doug that Kyrie Irving re-signs with the Dallas Mavericks in free agency?
4: Well, I am going to go with Mark Stein. Mark Stein said if he's in the NBA, he's 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 a Dallas Maverick. 99%.
7: I also thought about this with Kyrie Irving. If your team signed him, would you be happy? And I and I'm I don't know how many teams would be like, all right. We got Kyrie Irving. I think that's very rare. That's not a good thing,
4: right? Yeah, um, I, I I think it'd be. It's one of those. It's fun, but you know, it's it's like dating a stripper. It's fun, but then all of a sudden you realize you're dating a stripper. Let's ask an expert on everybody. That. John really Ramos. Everybody, no, I'm kidding. All your friends have seen your girlfriend naked and if they pay enough money they've seen her very up close and naked right so john what is it like dating a stripper just out of curiosity uh, maybe the podcast we'll talk about okay all right for the pod
7: what are the chances doug that draymond green leaves golden state
4: five percent five percent i don't see him you know it's like i'll go to sacramento like you're not gonna go to sacramento come on what are you doing five percent chance
7: what are the chances that Victor Wembanyama is the best player at the Vegas Summer League? Spurs announcing today he will not play in Sacramento. Spurs start play there, I believe, on Monday. But uh, he's going to make his debut in the Vegas Summer League. Brandon Miller's going to be there. Scoot Henderson's going to be there. Is Chet going to play? I don't know. You know, I do... We're going to be there. Did you know that? We're going to NBA Con. We're going to be there. Well, by we, it's you and Jason Stewart. Uh, John Rotman, it's 50%.
4: Uh, so, yes. Sorry, guys. No, that's okay. I didn't I didn't know I thought we was 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 we um I think uh, only about 25 uh, percent um I think he'll play obviously at first night Scoot Henderson's been playing NBA style G League basketball for the past two years I think he's gonna be far more advanced early on uh, and his physicality I, I think Scoot will end up having Scoot's got a shot Chet Holmgren those other guys uh that have had time to prepare their body and he's not gonna play that much
7: Finally, Doug, what are the chances that Simone Biles competes in the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris next year? She's making a return to competition in yeah. early August, the first well, time clearly since the she, wa- clearly she wants games. to. Do we
4: hold it against her that she got the the twisties? I don't. In the last Olympics? I don't. I don't either, but, like, man, you're going to take somebody else's spot who may be more accomplished than you because you're Simone Biles. That's a good question. Uh, 75% chance she is Simone Biles and... If she's competing in 2023, it means she wants to compete in the Olympics in 2024. Uh,
7: Report saying the Bulls and Nikola Vucevic agreeing on a three-year, sixty million dollar extension.
4: And that's that's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is See, game National, time. On the National Dumb Geographic Show. magazine laid off all its staff writers. I just, I'll be honest with you. I love National Geographic. Every time I'm in a doctor's office, I didn't know they had writers. I thought it was just a picture picture deal. Picture deal. Coming up next to the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the Tyrac.com studios. When I say 4th of July, what comes to your mind? How does it relate to sports? Let's get to it next on Fox Sports Radio.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.